Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we'll be talking about The Glamorous Life from Sheila E. in The Gra- Glamorous Life. Uh, recorded the 27th to 28th of December 1983. Uh, part of some of the songs that Prince recorded on the Christmas break while he was recording um, you know, the music and doing the film for Purple Rain. Um, and then Prince went back to it on the 6th of January 1984 and then the 8th and 9th of January uh, before some final overdubs on the 29th and 30th of March. Um, before the song was released on the 2nd of May, 1984. On the track, it is Sheila E., Prince, Jill Jones, Larry Williams, and David Coleman. The track is 8.58 on the album, uh, but then there's an edit which takes it down to 3.41. But then, as with Prince's extremely weird tradition, uh, the B-side is part two, which is effectively the end of the song to make it up to the 8.58. Uh, and then there was also a club edit, which is uh, 6.33, uh, which was available on the uh, Glamorous Club Dance EP, which, uh, again, you know, the 80s, a lot of stuff being uh, re-released and remixed and various other things. Um, you know, this is, uh, I think, the first collaboration between Prince and Sheila E. Um, you know, and it was the first single from that album. Um, It is, of course, all credited to Sheila E., uh, but the album itself was produced by um, Sheila E. and Jamie Starr or something. Probably, you know, one of Prince's many uh, aliases of the 80s. Joining me to talk about today is Antu. Hello, Antu. Oh, hey, Darren. How are you today? I'm doing good. Now, uh, in terms of like a genre of song, I feel like the lyrics uh, are kind of... I don't know. There's this weird thing in the 80s of... um, uh, like people talking about um, <laughs> leading the lives that are depicted in films like Wall Street, like they want to be rich. That's pretty much what it is. Uh-huh. And this is like this is like a, a kind of uh, a, like a pop song about a woman who wishes to be rich or is pretending to be rich or she really wants to be in love with a man. Apparently, is one uh, of the lines. I, I, so. I understood that she is pretty rich. But like it doesn't have it all. <laughs> the thing is, uh, if you there's a certain way to read some of the lines um, about how you know she really wants to be in love with a man, mm-hmm. and she doesn't need a man's touch. It feels like this is a, a woman coming to grips with the fact that uh, her sexuality is you know maybe more fluid than she thought. <laughs> um, you know, you can maybe read that in some of the lines, but I don't know, like. It has this kind of weird idea of what is seen as being glamorous by Prince in 1983, which is wearing, you know, um, a mink coat, uh, driving a Mercedes sedan. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of kind of, you know, little kind of name drops as to things that that Prince thinks are glamorous. Yeah. Um, But, you know, that are kind of almost really mundane. Like driving a sedan is not like a glamorous thing. Were sedans like pretty hip? In the eighties, did, did was that something I missed out on? Like no, I th- I think in American terms, sedan just means like a five door car. Like it's you know it just means it's got it's not like a two door. Like I think that's all a sedan denotes. <laughs> um, you know, it's not like a type of car. Like it's not, it's not like a make. It's just it's just like you know a car that has four doors. You know, congratulations, your passengers don't have to 
pull the that's, seat. Back that's to pretty get in. glamorous, like not having. Uh, yeah, back. I guess it. <laughs> I guess it is, um, and it's worth saying as well that you know, as was Prince's want um, when it came to his proteges, uh, Sheila E is on the on the cover for the single and I think for the album as well, um, and certainly in the video as well is dressed in lingerie. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happened to Sheila E during the eighties, but it seems like she wasn't able to get out of the house in time to actually put all <laughs> her clothing on, and so she spent uh, a large portion of the eighties mostly in lingerie, um, mostly dressed all in white. She's uh, actually her like signature look wearing was... a mink fur coat, I think, on the cover of the single. So she seems pretty dressed. I th- well, she's. I think she's holding it, okay. or is, or I think in the album. In the album, she's got like a fur coat in her hands. Yes. And I think she wears that fur coat in the video, which looks to be, have been filmed on the back streets of like Minneapolis. Um, like, you know, that street in Purple Rain where there's the dumpster where um, Jerome throws a woman into that dumpster. Yes. It looks like it's filmed on that street and the dumpster is still, you know, in view. Um, it doesn't look like a particularly glamorous street that they filmed it on. Um, you know, it's kind of, it, it feels like, you know, they, they, they went to a street and they just started rolling the cameras and they're like, just look, walk along the street. Don't let anyone know we're filming anything. We don't have the money for the permits. Just keep going. Just pretend like this. Just pretend like you live in that big expensive building. Walk up to the door and just ignore the doorman not letting you in, you know. Um so yeah, I, I I don't know. Like I, I I always love kind of this this the kind of the the mundanity that kind of contrasts with, um you know like the, these these kind of ideas of oh yeah you know this is like this is the exciting glamorous life that people want to lead and it's like yeah she wants to wear a mink coat. Uh, when you, okay. <laughs> when when you like brought up the whole like this is a part of a genre of songs. I thought you were like going into like these like sort of 80s narrative songs about like women's yearning like <laughs> she's a steel town girl on a saturday night like maniac or yeah this is kind no, of the, well the, the, there is there is kind of a weird subgenre of like songs by female vocalists where they talk about like how how much they want to do certain things <laughs> and like the dreams that they have are never that big they're always fairly kind of mundane yeah. and small and it it always kind of mystifies me that people are like, oh yeah, she's like she's walking down the street in her lingerie, wearing a fur coat. It, it you know, she's got almost everything. Um, but yeah, but uh, it, yeah, I, I think you know. we should acknowledge that like this is Prince's idea of like what a woman wants in. So yeah, I think that's kind of troubling in some way. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, how old is Prince in 1983? What is he like? Uh, I don't know, 20, 24, 25, mm. somewhere around that area. So, I don't know, I guess, like, to a 25-year-old, a woman wearing, you know, like, uh, stockings and, you know, like, a lace bodice and, you know, that is kind of, you know, about as sexy as, as they can think. So, you know, for for a 25-year-old, you know, I guess Prince was fairly typical. Mm. I, I mean, the fact that Vanity Six basically also spent all their time in their lingerie <laughs> and, uh, you know, Apollonia also spends a large portion of Purple Rain in lingerie. Like, you know, Prince has, has in his songs, he's even sung about buying lingerie for certain women. So, like, I don't know, just the, the word lingerie just seems to uh, be something that Prince instantly thinks is super sexy. He's like, yes, lingerie, sexy. <laughs> there you go. You know, like that's as much effort as he feels like he's got to put into it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess it, in a different era, there would be a certain level of irony in this song, but it feels very kind of like straightforward. Like when she talks about, you know, big dreams, uh, you know, a big brown Mercedes sedan, 
like that, <laughs> that's, that's that's literally what she wants. She's she's not like kind of. There's no kind of irony of like, oh yeah, you know, she wants a big car. It's like, yeah, she just wants a big car. Like, <laughs> you know, this isn't this isn't this isn't like the kind of metaphors of little red Corvette where that means something. This different. sounds like a straight up like car ad when you yeah. think about that. Like, as in like, it's kind of framing like, yes, if you have big thoughts, like really grand ideas and big desires then of course you want like a five five door sedan yeah that's it that's what she wants um i mean you know obviously it opens up uh, i mean what i should say as well is obviously you know sheila e um is known for being uh you know a percussionist um you know that is the thing she does mm. and at every single opportunity um you know no matter where sheila e is there are always a pair of snares in front of her and you know, a cowbell and a cymbal probably somewhere. So she was always, I mean, this song is really heavy on percussion. Like, um, you know, whatever, whatever. Yes. Like obviously it has the drum machine and like a drum, yeah. like drummer. And then like her, her as well, which is kind of pretty cool. Like, uh, did you hear the like original demo with like out? Sheila E's like added percussion. Or no, whatever. I did not listen to it's that. It's just like straight off yeah. a drum machine. I mean, you can hear that on the track anyway. You can kind of hear the drum machine. But yeah, there's just a yeah. lot of extra percussion that Sheila E has added to the whole thing, which she basically adds to all of her songs. All of her songs are super percussion heavy. Like, she's a percussionist, yep. therefore, you know, percussion. It's like the whole thing of, uh, you know, Arcade Fire, where it's like, does this song really need like, you know, 17 people playing on it? It's like, yeah. It does because it's an arcade fire song. So of course <laughs> yeah. we need these nineteen strings playing along, and we need all these horns, and we like everything. You know, it's it's always like. Uh, and then the guy who is like usually the keyboardist just playing a big old like kick drum yeah. or whatever as well, <laughs> just carrying it on his shoulder. Yeah, of course we have to have a zither in here because we have a zither player. What else are we going to do on stage <laughs> if our zither player has nothing to do? Um, so whenever Sheila Ree's on a song, there's always percussion. Obviously, when she was on tour with Prince as well, she would, you know, she would mostly be a drummer. But there was quite a few tours where she was, you know, she was on tour and there was already a drummer there. And she would basically be providing, uh, you know, percussion along with whatever the drummer was. Yeah. And I think we, we should state that, like, like, I think her work as like we've added as a percussionist is like pretty great actually and really exciting and adds a lot to yeah. the music i think i mean it certainly makes it stand out from the other stuff that prince had produced you know as jamie star which you know was obviously at this point stuff with the time and you know stuff with uh, apollonia and you know stuff with vanity like the fact that you have sheila e adding her own kind of stuff to it it makes it stand out for kind of anything done by Prince Proteges because most of them don't get the chance to add anything kind of instrumentally. They literally just come in and do the the vocals. Yeah, like, hey, like, sing this song, right? <laughs> These are your desires. You want a goddamn sedan. <laughs> yeah. <idiot>. Well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, the thing is as well, like, if you if you think of, like, Prince's collaborations with someone like, uh, you know, Sheena Easton, it is literally she just comes in mm -hmm. and sings like the vocals after Prince has already laid down a guide vocal, like that—that that was her part. That was her part with when she collaborated with Prince. Obviously, she also wrote songs with Prince, but you know the main part was just sing the song. Whereas you know Sheila Ree always yeah. did more than that. I, I think it's also like looking back, it's incredible, like the notion of like a pop performer, like being primarily a percussionist and a vocalist, and then like her image is like her and her two snares or whatever. Like I, I meant like. I, I'm trying to think of like who would, who would be her like, contemporary like equivalent, and you know like you probably can't think of like a, another like a modern pop figure that's known as 
a percussionist and a singer as in within like a pop framework outside of like jazz or whatever no i would say i would say even within you know if you think of any kind of like uh female jazz vocalist most of them tend to be pianists that you know yeah. like someone like alison krauss yeah. or like a nora jones they sit behind pianos um you know they they don't stand behind drums in their underwear which you know it's worth <laughs> emphasizing that that seemed to be her lot in life was um you know but we open with the song saying you know she wears a long fur coat of mink even in the summertime like there you go wait so you're not gonna like telegraph like the long ass drum intro and no well on the on, well, on the not. single version <laughs> on the single version they just come straight in they don't they don't like on the on the okay. album version yeah they have like a long introduction with as you know as as you'd expect a lot of drums a lot of saxophone you yeah. know um, but yeah, we they they you know on the on the single version it just after the kind of the the riff the main kind of like little refrain mm-hmm. you then get you know her boasting of wearing a a fur coat of mink even in the summertime, um, you know and everybody knows from the coy little wink the girl's got a lot on her mind. That's like a, actually a really good rhyme like the notion like using coy little wink as a as a line is pretty cool yeah (laughs) i just imagine this girl in the middle of the summertime like boiling hot walking down the street just winking at people while her makeup is melting off her face because it's so hot and she's literally like sweating bullets because she's wearing a fur coat in the middle of the summertime so it's like maybe less romantic than prince thinks that that lyric is and then like in like an, an actual like Adding in the extra layer of it actually being Sheila E walking with like two drums <laughs> yeah. like, and with the cowbell, like being yeah. really it off just, I mean, like, it, it, call, it calls to mind bullets. the scene in I'm Gonna Get You Sucker where you know the main star gets his own theme music and he basically has a band walking behind him, which includes a drummer who is wearing a couple of drums in front of him so he can play the uh, the theme song. That's that's what it brings to mind for me. Uh, but we find out that she's got big thoughts, big dreams. Um, and a big brown Mercedes sedan, which I, I just I kind of I love the way that uh, Sheila sings those lines because it, it like the kind of the, the little syncopation uh, really kind of works. Um, yeah. But also I like <laughs> I don't know. I think the phrase she got big thoughts kind of I don't know. It calls to mind a certain president in terms of just repeating the word big over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> and you know not really you know kind of boasting about being a, a you know a mental genius and stuff and it, i don't know it just, it just i i guess maybe that's just through modern eyes it seems a little bit kind of unfortunate that's the phrasing um but uh yeah I, you know that is kind of depressing that like uh you've managed to bring up hey Trump i didn't say i didn't i did not say his name on. so <laughs> i did not say his name on two. you said his name the audience knew. That's who it, you were and I, that's about. why that's why I prefer to leave in their minds. It's just that you know. Uh, but the, the right. thing is, as well, you know, uh, you know, that like we, like I said, you can kind of read the line. What what I think this girl she really wants is to be in love with a man. You know, that's what she thinks this girl wants is to be in love with a man. I mean, like who who is like so like there's a weird element like yes, Prince as the author is like the narrator as in like what he thinks like this woman wants, and it's kind of. It, like that weird it, there's that weird element where like obviously Sheila E is now the the narrator of the song and well that's why to me yeah. it makes it sound like she's unsure that she really wants to be in love with a man like the fact that if Prince had sung it then that would make sense but the fact that Sheila E is singing it it kind of yeah. lends it this this kind of odd thing yeah Sheila E isn't like Sheila E isn't the woman in the song Sheila E is like she's like reporting the song yes. to us um, and the chorus itself of course you know she wants to lead the glamorous life um, she don't need a man's touch 
she wants to lead the glamorous life without love. It ain't much. Um, so, like, I, I don't know. Like, she, again, like she thinks she wants to be in love with a man, but she doesn't need a man's touch. But at the same time, she wants, you know, without love, <laughs> what is the glamorous life? You're just walking around in your underwear wearing a mink, you know. <laughs> Like driving, driving a, a big sedan a big ass car but like yeah i think like obviously like she doesn't need a man's touch as in a man's touch isn't necessarily like romantic like you know well i mean i i don't know because like uh obviously when people see someone has a messy room they say it needs a woman's touch which i feel is a very condescending phrase but like the idea of <laughs> yeah. like a woman's touch being she you know she's domesticated and a man's touch is, I don't know, somehow erotic. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I like I like the chorus because I think the kind of the little refrain the when, you know, when she sings, she wants to lead the glamorous life. I think, you know, it's catchy. Um, yep. And I mean, <laughs> well, then the story moves on because, you know, as she's wandering around in her lingerie wearing this mink in the summertime and, you know, sweating bullets uh, whilst being <laughs> driven around in her big car. Um, we, we get the story, you know, she saw him standing in the section marked if you have to ask, you can't afford it lingerie, which is a, probably oh a, like one of the greatest lines Prince has maybe ever written for like, just like the kind of, if you have to ask, you can't afford it lingerie. It's such, and the thing is, well, you know exactly what that means. Like, you, you know, the type of shop that this person's in yep. where it's like, is this like, this is written before the film Pretty Woman, right? Is that what yeah, I'm getting? Yeah, I from? mean, Pretty Woman was what, 1990? Yeah. Was like yeah, the, like, so yeah, yeah but like, like you know, you have to be so wealthy that you don't even bother checking the price tags, um, you know. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't like it takes a weird turn because it's like she threw him bread and said, "Make me scream in the dark." <laughs> what could he say? Boys <laughs> with small talk so, and like... small minds. So you know, as opposed to the the you know the the big thoughts and the big dreams that she's got, uh, the boy is mm-hmm. doing small talk and he has a small mind. Um, so, but I don't know. I like this. She threw him bread. I'm guessing this is bread, as in you know, as in money. Yeah, I guess that. I guess that makes sense. Uh, but I do also like to literally imagine that she's in this fancy lingerie shop, just throwing bread rolls at this person, uh, yeah, whilst no, wait, dressed wait, wait. in a mink so, coat. <laughs> there's like there's a lot of stuff going on here. She saw him standing in the section, so like, so I think that. Oh, he's out shopping. She's in- yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's like some dumbass who like wandered into like the ladies' lingerie department. Oh no, I think and, he's there like... deliberately. I th- I think the implication is that he's maybe buying lingerie for his wife. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like Eddie. The, you know, men don't wander into lingerie sections just for for no reason. Uh, I know. really doubt that. Like when you put it that way, I'm like, I'm sure there are a lot of like creepy dudes who who like are hanging out in the lingerie section. For no reason. <laughs> no, you well, I, but the thing is, like, if you're going to be a creepy dude, you don't want to draw attention to yourself, do you? Like, if you're just a dude hanging around in a lingerie section, everyone's going to notice. Like, <laughs> you know, if you have that, if you have a particular fetish for women's underwear, you don't go to a lingerie section. You know, you go to like yeah. a local supermarket that's got like a clothing area and you just kind of hover around the edge of the underwear <laughs> section. Like, you don't. <laughs> You don't go to like the fancy lingerie shop. I mean, uh, that's, you're just drawing just attention gone to yourself. Down a rabbit hole that, like, uh, I didn't really want to go down. I didn't know you understood the psychology of creepy <laughs> men so well. I, I feel, I feel like the intention of the person in the in the the lingerie section where yeah. stuff is so expensive that they don't even bother putting labels on it. That's a person who's there to shop, and they're there with an like, intention. Yeah. They're not just I hanging mean, like, around. He 
he could also be a shop boy because like she's like she th- she's like throwing money at him and like ordering, i guess ordering him around like yeah hey, you... <laughs> well i mean that you know prince obviously also says boys with small talk and small minds so you know uh, I, I mean, maybe this is a shop boy who that she she's now deciding to to seduce with her money, um, and of course she says, you know, uh, you know, boys with small talk and small minds really don't impress me in bed. She said, "I need a man's man, baby. <laughs> Diamonds and furs. Love will only conquer my head." So there's a kind of weird dichotomy in this song of there's a lot of talk of. You know, big cars, diamonds, furs, minks, mm-hmm. you know, lingerie that is so expensive it doesn't even have a price put on it. Um, you know, she's throwing the money around. Um, but then <laughs> there's, there's a return with, you know, without love it ain't much and love love yeah. would only conquer my head. So there's this kind of thing of like, she's, you know, she's super wealthy walking around in a, yeah. you know, in the heat in a mink coat. But at the same time, she's constantly talking about love. There's also like the weird element where like... In the first verse, we we come to understand that like she's yes very rich or and autonomous and independent. Where like she's there's like a weird p- patriarchal element where like she really needs a man's man, quote unquote, like this uh, like sort of old fashioned idea of like a real man who can like win win her over like <laughs> win over her like autonomy and independence and all that stuff i mean when she says it really don't really don't impress me in bed first of all we're yeah. very close to that don't impress me much um we, you know <laughs> we're only a, we're only a few words away from that but also this kind of like um you know in bed it might mean that uh you know she's bought some stuff from ikea and she needs someone to stick it together so you know maybe that's that's why he needs to impress her with his uh assembling furniture uh but yeah i i you know I guess this is kind of almost in a, a similar, uh, like a similar vein to something like, um, uh, I don't know, like like a virgin, where you know this is a woman who is clearly experienced and she's got money and she's independent and she basically needs somebody to kind of like impress her uh, sexually, and that's what she's looking for. Um, although we get the chorus again saying she don't need a man's touch, so it it feels almost like the chorus is taken from a different song to the verses because. They seem to be kind of like fighting against each other, um, you know. But at the same time, like wandering around shopping for lingerie, apparently that is the glamorous life. Uh, you know, it doesn't get like, much more. You could glamorous see than the that. chorus as like, like you know, just like re- reframing the premise of the song, like her sort of like obviously desire to stay independent and like you know. But then obviously it's like, hey, your illusion, <laughs> like you're wanting to be alone or whatever, like yeah, yeah. has led you to be really unhappy. I mean, in the third verse, you know, they, they made haste in the brown sedan. They they drove to 55 Secret Street, which uh, I think if you're going to call something Secret Street, everyone's going to find it. Is that uh, a street in in Minneapolis? I don't mean, I, I don't know, because normally when, when Prince, like, uh, name drops something like that, generally it is, like, a, you know, a real place. Um but uh, I mean, you know, not to uh, not to my knowledge, I don't think it is. I don't think it's an actual street. I think Prince is kind of just making that up. Um, okay. But but then we we get some very kind of impressive stats here because you know Prince says <laughs> yeah this is a crazy line Go they on. made they made love and by the seventh wave she knew she had a problem <laughs> that is like that's probably like the best part of the song in my mind where I'm like that's a fucking crazy line. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the set. So I, I mean, I don't know who is supplying the, you know, the the seventh. I mean, what I, I mean is, is she 
orgasming seven times? Is he orgasming seven times? Are they both orgasming seventeen times? Like, are we getting? I, I'm like, I think in in the world of Prince, like they, it's like mutual and like plentiful. So I think everyone's getting theirs. So this is go. really this is really the fourteenth wave, you know, if we're if we <laughs> if we're counting individuals in this particular thing. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that, I mean that's impressive. I mean, you know, I, I have the feeling this is definitely a young man. This is pre Viagra, so um, you know, this is this this is. I mean, I, I I've got to be honest with you on too. I'm worried that maybe things are getting chafed. Um, <laughs> you know, with this, I mean, I'm hoping that they have some kind of lubrication or you know something to, because otherwise, uh, you know, they're going to be needed to see a doctor. Which of course is why you know she immediately says she knew she had a problem. Um, which I'm hoping is not some kind of, uh, you know, urinary tract infection or anything like that. You know? I think that, like, as a follow-up follow to, like, like yes, by the seventh wave, she knew she had a problem, is just, like, <laughs> it's almost like a cliffhanger to, like, a movie. Like, oh, no, I f***ed up by falling in love or whatever. But I think this is probably, like, the first time, for me at least, noticing that in a pop song where someone's saying, hey, this is how long we went at it for. Like, you know, like, the details, like... Which is pretty incredible, like, for the 80s. And Hey, I mean, they're just saying they, you know, seven times. They're not saying that any of those lasted particularly long. This this could be, you know, this could be like, I don't know, 15 minutes later and they're, they're all finished up. Um, you know, you, you don't know. You don't, don't know how good this guy is. Um, and then we get to, you know, she thought real love is real scary. Um, yep. Money only pays the rent. Love is forever. That's all your life. Love is heaven sent. It's glamorous. I'm, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how it's glamorous to be like kind of scared of being in love with someone, um, yep. you know. But then, of course, I, I don't know. It feels very eighties to talk about love and then immediately talk about money, like that. You know that. Oh, I meant like glamorous doesn't necessarily have to be about. Uh, you mean like real love is scary, money only pays the rent. Yeah, like it's but it's like, a uh, it's a thing that ha- only kind of really happens in eighties songs where people are like, I love this person, I've got tons of money. It's like so. You know, are you saying like there's a weird like anti, anti like capitalist vibe of like hey the eighties is like hey stop being so the the rise of the yuppie like this was his songs like hey you yuppies money isn't everything <laughs> what about love no I think I think this is well yeah I mean there's a little bit of that um you know yeah. like money well, money I mean, only like, pays he's kind of right like you know like money is just like a material thing and and there's also like a yeah, money is a material thing, and love is like eternal. Like, there's a part of me that thinks like there's a semi-religious, definitely religious vibe to this. Like, love is forever. You can't take it with you, also... onto you know. <laughs> I mean, you can be buried in your in your mink. I mean, you know, yeah. that's that's about as glamorous as a funeral's ever gonna get. Um, yeah, you know, I, I wear, wear a fur coat so large that the ruff goes around your head, and people can barely tell it's you. You know, that's how you want to go out. There's definitely, for me, like, him saying love is forever, that's all your life, and love is heaven sent. Like, he's, there's definitely the subtextual element of, like, he's talking about Jesus' love. Like, hey, like, yeah, like, love, like, love from Jesus is heaven sent, and that's forever, like, even after you die. I think there's that element there. Yeah, and we get the chorus a few a few more times. You know, she wants to lead the glamorous life. She don't need a man's touch. Uh, without love, it ain't much. It ain't much. You know, we, we get that a few more times as the song kind yep. of fades out. Um, and then, now, like, the implication that they're on, like, wave 30 by now. <laughs> like, yeah. continuing on. <laughs> things until, like, just, things just keep on going. Uh, what I love yeah, about man. the album The Glamorous Life is track six and track seven are both The Glamorous Life. 
Um, you know, this is <laughs> this was an album that they only really had like you know six songs, and then the seventh one is just the glamorous life again because you know that's obviously how successful it is. But uh, we really do need to talk a little bit about the video because you know, like I said, it does seem like it was shot in you know, there's parts of it that are in black and white that seem to be shot in some back alley in you know Minneapolis where uh, you know it, you know Chilery is kind of wandering around in a in a fur coat and uh, high heels mm-hmm. and lingerie. And then in between, you have like a, a band performance. You have a yeah. band performance in the way that Prince does band performances, which is everybody has their instruments in their hands, but they're not playing them, but they're all dancing in sync. Um, <laughs> you know, which is like a key move of the uh, of the revolution. They they would have a, a habit of doing that in their videos as well. Um, but what I kind of I, what Sorry. I kind of love is just like the uh, you know the fact that Sheenery is wearing this kind of pink slash. Um, like leopard skin, leopard like thing, yep. combination. Um, you know, it's like she's got this pink dress, and the the kind of the jacket she's wearing for you know most of the video has got like a leopard skin thing, and she's also got like a leopard skin bodice thing going on. Um, and of course her hair is gigantic, like um, just the biggest <laughs> hair you've like, ever I'm seen. Looking at this jacket, and that's crazy that like just one side of it, and like the rest of her outfits in sync, but just that lep. Yeah, that leopard part is pretty cool. Yeah, it's almost like someone got two separate jackets, cut them up, and then <laughs> sewed them back together. Which I have a feeling at this particular time, that was what Prince was doing. Prince was making the outfits um, for the revolution. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he made that jacket for Sheila E. That seems like something he uh, would have uh, done around this time. Are, are you saying Prince has definitely hunted and killed a leopard? Is oh, I'm sure he has, yeah. Here? And yeah. he's also hunted and killed a pink, <laughs> whatever that is. And also made the other half of the jacket from that pink. Um, but yeah, I don't know. She's got like gigantic earrings. She's got massive hair. Um, you know, she's got right, a, sax- hey, a saxophonist. Right, right. <laughs> yes. Wait, we're gonna stop here. All right. Okay. So, in the video, they drive up to a building, and it is Secret 55 Street. <laughs> Secret Street. It's like an apartment building. I thought it was just like some goddamn like Lovers Lane, Avenue. <laughs> no, no, it's it's her very expensive building that uh, okay. is like on fire or something, and you know she's she's t- she. <laughs> yeah. She's got this guy who's got equally as big hair as her. Like her, his hair is as big as her hair. Like, the like it's it's almost like a competition to see who can have the biggest hair in this video. Um, but yeah, also it's worth saying as well. Her saxophonist, um, who is not Eddie M, who is you know Sheila E's regular saxophonist, um, but yeah. I think is uh, is uh, Larry Williams. Um, he is dancing around in this video like crazy. Like he's on his knees at certain points. He's got this like suit, yeah. kind of like this '80s suit with these gigantic uh, shoulder pad things going on, and he is like playing the sax. He's playing a soprano saxophone, which doesn't make any sense because it's clearly an alto on this track, and yeah. he's just kind of like dancing around in sync with the guitarist I mean, like, and the bass player. Do you think that's for like dancing practicality? Like, hey, you're gonna if you're gonna dance around in sync. Like played is well. Here's light. the here's the thing. You you. I mean, you usually carry a, a soprano, but you normally have a sling for a, a for a, for an alto. So mm. like, it would make sense to have the saxophone on a sling because it'd be easier to dance with it. But I don't know. He's he cho- he chose to pretend to play a soprano in the video. So you know th- like, that that was his I think choice. We, before we continue any further, we should just say like the sax work on this song is really great, actually. And <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's I, like a huge part of it. Yeah, no, it's it's like it's part of the main kind of like refrain. So, um, yeah. you know, and then if you watch any live performances where Eddie M is in the band, um, he goes crazy on the saxophone like towards the end. Like when there's like, a, you know, what would be the fade out? But when they play it live, you get like a huge saxophone solo. You get, of course, 
a percussion solo. Um, pretty much every Sheila E song when it was live <laughs> had a percussion solo. Uh, so you know, to Again, be to be expected. Probably crazy in the world of like pop music, as in like, hey, all right, I'm gonna do this maraca solo for like <laughs> a few bars, like as in. As in, that's how great a percussion is. Like, and entertaining Sheila E is. Like. Yeah, but, you know, you've got to stand out, you know? So, obviously, yeah. Sheila E stood out by doing two things. One, wearing lingerie all the time. And two, playing percussion, you know? Uh, and I don't think there was... You, you know, there was many other 80s artists who went around wearing lingerie. It's worth saying as well that this is around the time that, you know, Madonna's first album came out, Like a Virgin. And, in a you know, a, a, I think the cover of that, she's wearing, like, the kind of... I don't know, it almost looks like the lingerie and that, the, the, you know, like a bride would wear under a wedding dress. So, mm. you know, I think the whole kind of, you know, female singers wearing lingerie thing started with Madonna. You know, she was she was the one that pioneered it and everyone else was just kind of copying that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, Prince was known for putting various yeah, people in lingerie. Risque. Yeah, you know, like, uh, but yeah, I mean, what I love in the video as well is the uh, the kind of, I don't know if it's CGI. It looks like it's, um, I can't remember the name of the trick where you have, where you make flames appear in windows. Um, but uh, there's like a specific trick where you use a mirror and you use an angle to do it. But they have like these fake flames in the windows of her her building as it's like burning down or whatever, uh, and it's quite funny. Uh, no, it's not burning down. It's the flames of passion that well <laughs> drive you to the seventh wave. Yeah, by the down. time you get to the seventh wave, things are certainly getting set on fire. Uh, you know, as they chafe. But yeah, I, I don't know. And in between, you also have this weird kind of like the black and white stuff. Also has these people wearing masks. Uh, like as if they're going to a masquerade ball or I don't know. Like There's several ideas that are kind of thrown together in this video. Uh, but I feel like the band performance is probably the strongest part of the video, you know, mm. simply because, uh, you know, Sheila E, in addition to being a great percussionist, is also, you know, a really good dancer, which you would expect for someone who is a percussionist, you know, yeah. to have like a good sense of rhythm. Uh, like all around the band are like, they clearly had to rehearse. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Shit, yeah. Right, because they're all like the... The energy of the song is like really coming across and they're clearly having a great time. Um, yeah, so I'd say for me, uh, I don't know, probably uh, four out of five. Uh, I, I, you know, I think there's very few songs <laughs> that, that kind of Prince did with his protégés that are five out of fives for me. I just, I feel like there's, you know, maybe just a tiny, I don't know, like, I, I feel like the idea in the song is kind of mixed of like, you know, she doesn't need a man, she, you know, doesn't care about having all this money, but she's super wealthy, but at the same time, she's wandering around picking people up in lingerie stores and having sex with them in the backs of cars. <laughs> like, there's this kind of weird thing of like, Prince's idea of what the glamorous life is, or should I say Jamie Starr, because obviously, you know, this is produced by the Jamie Starr company. Yeah. Uh, it just seems to be slightly mixed and kind of a little bit mundane. And you know, it just I don't know, maybe it's because it's just the eighties and that's what people thought was glamorous in the eighties. But um, I don't know. Like the music in the song is so strong, it just it just to me it feels like the lyrics kind of let it down just a little bit. Um, you know, because it's you know the catch is nice and and kind of uh, the the chorus is nice and catchy, but it's just kind of like I don't know the the ideas in it don't feel like, like fully developed. It just feels like Prince kind of. Having this as an excuse to sick Sheila in some lingerie and have a wonder around drumming stuff, you know, like. But I don't know. I just like the idea of like someone being like, "I'm so you know, I'm so glamorous. I wear I wear a fur coat in the middle of summer," which is like, you know. I I think it's kind of it's interesting you saying like this is a song where like I'm just gonna stick some Sheila E. I think like the strength of this song is like moving it beyond just like a Prince like production, as in like having adding in the saxophone and like the percussion work that she adds. And no, I I think it becomes more than just like 
yes, like any any handpicked vocalist could have sung this song for Prince or whatever. But like, I think she really makes it her own. And yeah, no, I I I I think and <laughs> in regards to like the lyrics, I think he there's some like really funny and cheeky lines. It's like the whole like the bit the bit in the long lingerie section and like <laughs> how long they've been having sex for. It's just like. No, I think there's like yeah, you could probably say it's a bit rough in places, but I think there's like a real, real nice charm to it. And oh, out of five, I'd I'd say like five out of five. I'm like I really love this song. This is like, like really great. And that saxophone, like just like, just like yeah, the sort of instrumental work on it, it just pushes it over the edge for me. Like the, the particularly the saxophone, I think it's just like really fun syncopated work, and it's just really groovy and dance, danceable. Prince played this song whenever Sheila E was on tour with him, which was, you know, quite a lot. 1988, Um, you know, it remains a staple of her set. Um, and there are, you know, there are a few performances from um, kind of like the 80s that you can find if you if you search around. Um, and then there was a version that Prince did in uh, in 2005 where it was part of like a, a long medley with stuff like DMSR. And Okay. <laughs> My understanding of like, like uh, Ringo Starr's all-star band is like, obviously she was the drummer in it, or still is probably, and uh, and like they would play the song every time <laughs> she was in the van. So you'd be, you'd pay money to see Ringo Starr and like, you definitely would get a, like a part of the concert where like, okay, we're playing the glamorous life. God damn it. Yeah. Uh, there was like, yeah. So, you know, I don't know if you can count the Ringo Starr thing as like a cover because you know, he like, it, <laughs> I mean, it's not him covering it. That, that, that would yeah. be great though. Cause then that would be, become this weird like <laughs> Beatles like spoken word thing like yeah listening listening to Ring, Ringo Starr singing like... you know <laughs> she don't need a man's touch she wants to lead the glamorous life um like in a Liverpoolian accent like in the section too too expensive to ask or yeah whatever. that would that would be quite funny um but then there's also um like a um <laughs> a girl group called Eden's Crush that uh that also did a cover of it, which I have not heard myself. Um, but uh, I don't know. I cannot imagine that this this song needs four extra vocals on it. Um, so I, I don't know how I don't know how well that uh, you know that performed. I don't even know uh, you know who Eden's Crush are. Apparently, they had something to do with uh, you know uh, Nicole Scherzinger later of the uh, what you call it. Uh, yeah, she she apparently was in there. Uh, you know, as a, as kind of a one of the singers. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, you know, obviously, it, it's it's like a great song for Sheila E because you know there are even like kind of live performances from more recent years where basically she she does the same thing. She performs it. You know, there's a bit of a solo at the end for the percussionist and the saxophone, um, and you know, so like obviously, the song itself it did okay. You know, it got to number twenty eight on the Billboard uh, two hundred, stayed around for forty six weeks, which is insane. That a song would be up for like in the charts for like almost a year, but I guess you know it came out at roughly the right time because it came out in like June nineteen eighty four. So that was just as Purple Rain was starting to hit. So I guess people associated with Prince, mm -hmm. you know, did a little bit well off his kind of coattails. 
um you know so you know it like it, i don't know like it's really weird because like you know the idea of like a, a sheila e album kind of <laughs> kind of sticking around in the charts for like a year is kind of such a weird thing to me it's like I would say that Sheila E is probably one of, you know, the more successful of Prince's protégés, you know, the, he, he, obviously this was yep. kind of the formula he tried to recreate with pretty much everybody after this of like kind of recording, you know, super sexy songs and, uh, you know, kind of trying to kind of recreate this, trying to trying to recapture the magic of Sheila E, like having a successful debut, you know, album and, and it, it kind mm-hmm. of last in, um, you know, and as as like as like, a you know, as a single um, you know, I think the, the glamorous life did kind of, you know, okay, um, but it didn't really kind of, you know, like, um, you know, wasn't wasn't like it was a, a huge kind of hit or anything like that. But uh, yeah, you know, like I I I've th- always find it interesting, you know, like the, like all the the kind of the you know the 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 kind of print stuff from the eighties, where you have like, um, you know, his, like his proteges and stuff because, you know, Prince kind of went to went to the kind of trouble of trying to pretend that he wasn't involved in these. And yet when you listen to the songs, you're just like, <laughs> it's so obvious it's Prince. Like, there's no point calling it Jamie Starr because it's like, you know, or Alexander Nevermind or whatever. Like, any of the names that he came up with, you're like, <laughs> it, it, you, everybody always knew it was Prince. And I, I find that, you know, I find that quite funny. Um, you know, that, that like, people are kind of like, okay, you know, like, <laughs> you know, this is not Prince. All right. Okay. Prince, you know, we'll, we'll just pretend for the moment. Um, but anyway, I feel like we said about as much as we can about Sheila E in the glamorous life. Um, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug onto? Uh, yeah, just follow me on Twitter at onto comedy. So that's my Twitter handle is a N H T U and the word comedy. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us, not sure where you would, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here on two. Uh, no problem, Darren. Darren, thanks for having me. And otherwise. Bye. Bye.